Hello, and welcome to BIA Advisory Services' Leading Local Insights Podcast. My name is Nicole Ovedia, and I'm the VP of Forecasting and Analysis here at BIA. I am thrilled to host the first podcast of the year and to discuss a key media in local, direct mail. Direct mail always leads my forecast in terms of ad revenue, yet it's a media we don't talk very much about. So today we're going to change that. I am elated to have Jay Loeffler with me today. Jay is the Chief Revenue Officer of Valpac and has been with the company for about 17 years, which makes him one of the most highly respected experts on direct mail. We're going to have plenty of time today to go into Jay's brain and talk all about direct mail. So we're going to talk about attribution, we're going to talk about advertising costs, consumer usage, and how Valpac is helping to build towards that elusive multi-touch attribution model that we've all been clamoring for. Plus, we'll talk about direct mail and how it can be complementary for TV and radio advertising. So Jay, thank you so much for being here today, and please say hello to the audience. Hello, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here. Fantastic. Let's from the beginning, I want to start on a macro view and then we'll work our way down to the micro. So let let me ask you one thing. Let me ask you about your thoughts for 2024, because we're still in January. And so I won't say happy new year, but it's early in the year. So in general, what are you thinking about advertising in 2024? Because when I talk to clients, I keep hearing that costs are rising. ROI isn't high enough for traditional media, especially compared to digital. So, yeah, what are you thinking for 2024? Yeah, it's a great question, and, and we face this quite a bit as well. <clears throat> and what I like to say is, you know, Valpac has its finger on the pulse of really the U.S. economy. We're in 44 states, 40-plus million homes. We have over 30,000 advertiser relationships, and we're constantly talking to them and surveying them to see what's important, where they see challenges, but also where they see opportunities. So rising costs are a really big concern for local business owners, not just in cost of goods, but also in cost of labor, Um, looking at finding the right labor to be able to staff up and fulfill demand. So we do a survey every single year, which we're going to share at the end of this podcast. But that is one of the biggest concerns going into this year. And when it comes to advertising, it's always an obstacle, regardless of channel, as to how do you optimize the right media to cost. So right now, <clears throat> there's no more stable or reliable media than direct mail, and it's really experiencing a resurgence. There's kind of a confluence of events that I like to talk about, where you have COVID changed consumer behavior, and more people are searching online, which is great for digital advertising, but they're also not converting at a as high of a rate because they're doing more browsing. So what that's led to is driving up cost per click, but driving down conversion. Mm-hmm. So a recent WordStream benchmark survey shared that across all different verticals, you have cost rising in SEM, but conversion going down, which is leading to kind of an inequity in terms of the performance of the media. So not saying that it's not strong, it is an extremely strong media, but there are some economic challenges that are changing due to consumer behavior shifts. There's also going to be a high contested political advertising season, Mm -hmm. which can drive up costs in media such as TV and radio. And then just the economy as a whole, we have inflation that's been taking hold for months, we have 
really factors leading to families needing savings more than ever to maintain and sustain their lifestyle. And Valpac has been doing that for 50 plus years. So all of those things together, a resurgence in direct mail, other medias having cost rise due to some circumstances, and then just the need for savings is really putting Valpac in the perfect center of the concentric circles from this confluence of factors. Now, I know it's really important too about the performance for advertisers. So what I think is the most important thing is not for any advertiser to get too enamored with one media, but it's <laughs> to find each channel, not mutually exclusive, but together that drives top of funnel engagement to zero moment of truth conversion. And it's about finding out all of the ways to make them work together to optimize media campaigns. And right now, if you combine direct mail with digital, according to the USPS data, that consumers spend up to 25% more. So there's actually data substantiating the need for direct mail to partner with digital strategies to drive activity. That's so interesting. And the most interesting you said in your answer, I heard that little tease at the beginning that you've been surveying consumers and that you've got a report to share with us later. So um, I will come back to that later, because if you make a promise to our listeners, I'm going to force you to deliver on it. So very <laughs> interesting insights about 2024. Um, I agree uh, with a lot of what you're saying on a macro scale, you know, everything that I'm looking at in terms of trending um, uh, the economy and inflation and everything related to that. I do want to dive right into the elephant in the room, because when I talk to buyers about direct mail, sometimes they brush me off. They just tell me, oh, it's too expensive. It's too old school. Um, and then when I talk to Gen Z, I have nephews that are Gen Z, they tell me how much they love direct mail. And I am always shocked by, I'm like, why? What What are you talking about? It's, it's direct mail. And they're like, well, it's novelty. They don't get mail addressed to them. They don't get what I call, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer snail mail addressed to them with their name on it. And so they they love this. And and then they dive into the content. And of course, it it, it backs up, you know, what drew them in to begin with. But um, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in terms of trending demographics of your users? Because, you know, that's my experience. But but does the data back that up? What's going on with direct mail users? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And we do see <clears throat> quite a bit of activity amongst all kind of the generational divides. But, you know, the Zoomers in particular, they love direct mail. Really interesting. I was reading some statistics that, you know, vinyl record sales were up 21 percent in the first half of 2023. Mm -hmm. Instant camera sales like Polaroid <laughs> have an actual CAGR projected at 7.9% over the next five years. So really what it shows me is anytime something gets too polarizing, like the shift to digital everything, um, it opened up opportunities for novel old school things to become <laughs> chic again. And, and I do think that Gen Z is starting to see that. They're like, they like the tactile feel of direct mail. They've been conditioned through Amazon to look in the mailbox when things come. So it's almost like Christmas in the mailbox when they're ordering and having things delivered every day. So I think the mailbox is starting to mean more. And then you have kind of the millennials who are now having families for the first time. They're buying homes. Their responsibilities are changing. So saving money is becoming a fabric of their life. And then still the baby boomer generation um, were frugal by nature. They were savers. You know, they went through a lot in their lives, different economic times and periods. 
So they are still heavy users, but we're not really seeing one generational kind of cohort driving the performance of direct mail. We're seeing emergence in the Zoomers and we're seeing kind of real stability with millennials and boomers. So really across all generations, we're seeing really good activity. I, I agree. And um, I, one of the things that, you know, I always uh, think to myself is I should have kept my wardrobe from 20 years ago because that, you know, everything <laughs> is coming back again. But but I love what you're saying about like the mailbox is a destination again. And yeah, that is something that is coming back into um, uh, the pattern of my life and, and those around us. So that's very interesting. And along those lines, I want to ask more about Valpac strengths. So, okay, they're in that mailbox that people are going to. Um, on what verticals does direct mail work the best? Like, what markets do you do well in compared to others? Like, what what makes it a good Valpac market? What makes it, you know, what demographics? If you could talk a little bit about um, the strength uh, uh, and where and when it works the best. Yeah, sure. And so when we talk about verticals, I think one thing that's really unique to Valpac in the space that we're in is that I think Valpac, you receive it in the mail, you think of it as a shared mail envelope, but Valpac really is a data company that distributes direct mail. Hmm. We have over 500 million data points on over 130 million homes. So that allows us to message precisely to households based on a myriad of targeting criteria in a fully data compliant way. And we like to say it's not your parents' Valpac anymore, but Hmm. what that really does is it allows really all brands and verticals to optimize their offers, target different offers to the right cohorts, not kind of overextend coupon liability and just give a blanket offer where maybe they're giving more than they need to. So one of the strengths is the audience that we've built and then owning the data behind that gives us the ability to help everyone from, you know, debt relief companies through retailers, through consumer packaged goods, target effectively and eliminate waste. We also have decades worth of performance data categorically on what offers work best. So Mm -hmm. in some categories, it's percent off versus dollars off because consumers don't necessarily like to do math on high ticket items. Mm -hmm. So having that data to be able to make campaigns accelerate from start to great is really one of the things we pride ourselves on here at Valpac. And then our local market expertise. We were built as a franchise environment, um, over 130 franchises across the country. So we have local relationships in every market that we're in, some of them 30, 40 plus years with advertisers. So we are part of the community. We go to the local baseball games. We sponsor, you know, all of the things that are important to the community. So it's that level of relationship that allows our advertisers to be transparent with us and us to be able to react to what they need to continue to be successful. So the other part of it is when we look at verticals, we really work across a whole entire spectrum. Our consumers constantly say they want to see things like dining, QSR, the low ticket, high frequency type businesses that they buy every single week. Mm. But we also mail to about 90% homeowners within our 40 million. So home and garden is a huge category for us, the higher ticket, low frequency purchases, because we're mailing the people that need a new roof. They might need a new uh, bathtub, a remodel of their kitchen. So those offers do really well there. So the unique part about Valpac is mixing in local content with utility content, with aspirational content. So there's really something in there for everyone. 
So interesting. And you talked at the beginning about uh, data uh, and the insights that you have about each market, about each vertical. I, I think that is so unique, um, given the history that Valpac has, of course, in every one of these markets and and just helping with the content of the ads. Um, but bringing up that data that you have on your consumers, on campaigns that have worked, everything, um, what that triggered in my mind is attribution. You know, I mean, so the minute you say you've got data, I'm like, ooh, uh, attribution. So that is always a concern for advertisers. And so often now, I mean, attribution, if there is any, it, it goes, it gets assigned to the digital ad that was clicked on just before the purchase. But we all know that there's a lot more that goes into the purchase journey and all of the advertisements that contributed to that sale, whether it's television, billboard, radio, Valpac, whatever. So um, can you talk a little bit about what Valpac is doing in order to better help with attribution for advertisers? Like, how are you connecting the dots from the mailer all the way through that purchase journey to the final sale? Yeah, it's, it's a really great question. I don't think anyone has perfected the multi-touch point attribution model yet. But, yet. you know, we, we have all the different tools. So we have call tracking where we can listen to incoming calls and help track that. We can use Google Analytics to see, did we drive increase in search when direct mail hit the home? Um, we have coupon activity, meaning redemptions, QR code scans, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. So all of those tools are there. But kind of a, a story I like to share is I was meeting with a garage door company. And one of the things I said is people are just not in the market to fix their garage door every day. So when they look in their valve pack and they see that garage door company and they repetitively see that, it stays top of mind. But what ends up really happening as a consumer is the only time you really need to call a garage door company is when it's seven o'clock in the morning, you're sitting in your garage, the door doesn't open and you're late for work. Yep. It's the worst morning of your life yep. and you're not going to go rummage in your house through where is that valve pack coupon. You're in your car, you're likely going to search garage door repair, and then the one that you recognize that you saw in Valpac is the one you click on. Mm -hmm. So while Google will get the attribution, Valpac started the journey. And we help our clients measure that by doing things like incremental lift studies and metric measurement post-analytically. So mm -hmm. we essentially could do a mail group and a control group. We own all of the data. So post-campaign, we could match how many orders came in from the group that Valpac mailed versus the group that didn't mail. And then we see incrementally, did Valpac influence more sales than it didn't by not having it in the mailbox? And by being able to provide that level of data, it might not be directly Valpac led to this attribution, but it's Valpac was part of the mix that led people to choose your brand over somebody else's. And that lift is what's helping drive the multi-attribution model of what works best to continue shifting market share and driving response with the culmination of all of the media channels together. So that's one thing we really focus on is using data to show Valpac's component as part of a media mix and how that drives lift. I mean, funny you should say that because uh, many of the regular listeners of this podcast um, come from or represent television and radio brands. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure if I were a seller, if I were a sales manager or, or an executive at one of these companies, 
I'm listening to everything you're saying. And so in what ways can Valpac be complementary to TV and radio advertising? You've talked about how important it is to have that mix. But um, can you talk, you know, from from a seller's perspective, if you will, like how can they use Valpac to add more value for the clients that they already have? Yeah, it's such a great question. And first, we love TV and radio. We actually were part of Cox Enterprises for a really long time and um, worked quite frequently with our television and radio brothers and sisters. Um, recently, the Puppy Bowl in January was featured on the outside of our blue envelope, and mm-hmm. we just wrapped one of our largest instant win cash giveaways with iHeartRadio. Oh. So we partner all the time, and it's really about our audience being able to help these brands um, promote to drive viewership, listenership, and it comes with our ability to not only version based on different day parts and personalized messaging at the household level. So how could you put your affiliates in every market but have a national campaign? We help television advertisers do that quite frequently and have multiple different examples of it. But we also have 100% viewability in the mailbox. If you tie in with the outside of Valpac's envelope, which many of our TV and radio partners do, led by Chris Bellata and our promotions team, then anyone that opens their mailbox, which is pretty much everyone in the United States, will see your ad and you have the chance to influence them with some type of bespoke promotion or tie to make you stand out and drive what's important to television, radio, and streaming partners. So we support them. Our data really helps us drive who's the right audience to reach for them based on if it's country music versus hip-hop music. And then we also conversion down to the market level so that you could put different affiliates if needed. So our data tied with our ability to version and the fact that we are so relevant in the mailbox really helps support our TV and radio and streaming partners in the industry. Very cool. And when we when I first started this conversation, we started on the macro and you brought up politics, um, which is interesting because, I mean, it, it is what is on the minds of many. Well, you brought up political and you brought up the economy. So um, so actually, let's start with the economy. But uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to come back to political. So <laughs> let's as you mentioned, and I agree with you and, you know, all this data is out there that inflation is slowing. Um, it does remain high in the job market. It's starting to show some signs of getting tighter, but it's still doing pretty well. Um, So uh, when I'm sitting at my desk and doing my modeling and forecasting, I'm seeing that people are looking to save money on the day to day items um, like groceries um, and and things like that so that they can splurge on the larger ticket experiences such as travel. And and you alluded to that, too, that they go to their Valpac for the for the day to day things as well. So um, in an economic landscape like we're in right now, um, what is Valpac's value there? Yeah, so again, kind of having a real strong diversity of content across the board. So working with big partners like Wendy's that are that's going live here with us this month, you know, working with grocery companies like Walmart and Sam's Club, we're able to put in kind of that utility that people need every day to maintain their life. So because we're a savings vehicle with savings equity, people look to us for that reason. So they are saving money there. But to your point, we are seeing 
companies like Princess Cruise Lines, who is increasing advertising spend with us this year, because they see the same trend, that people are saving on the utility to be able to splurge on the excitement that they really were pent up for during COVID. Mm-hmm. So the splurge items, as, as we put it here, are really starting to take off. And I think, again, it's what makes Valpac extraordinarily unique is that we don't just focus on national brands, we don't just focus on local brands, we don't just focus on any one particular vertical. We really make a concerted effort through all of our teams, from local to national to promotions, to put the right partners on that tie into our readership surveys of what consumers say they want to see inside Valpac. We do a great job as an entire company of procuring not only those advertisers, but the right offers that'll make consumers happy. And then working with businesses in our Valpac surveys, you know, we see that advertisers still want to spend. Six in 10 local businesses plan to increase their advertising spend this year. 34% expect to maintain a similar level. So when you really think about that, only 6% are saying they may pull back. So I think when you have kind of the environment where the economy didn't really go as, I guess, deep and dark as some people anticipated it would at the beginning of last year, Mm -hmm. we are still having some economic challenges, but advertisers are seeing the opportunity to shift market share right now and really kind of build that relationship with consumers when they need it most, which is, here is some money for you working with a partner like Valpac that has the equity in the space to help you save money so that you can live your life whether it's through saving on everyday items or spending on the splurge items, Valpac really is a destination for all of that content. I think that's so interesting that, um, you know, as the economy, I mean, from my perspective, it's, you know, uh, it's bifurcating, you know, I mean, there's spending and there's saving, but from Valpac's perspective, no, we we encourage all, like Valpac encourages more spending and more saving. So um, it's, it's, I'm not going to say recession proof. It's economy proof from that perspective because it kind of doesn't matter what direction the world is going. Um, Valback can reinforce that messaging. Very interesting. Um, By the way, I would steal that from you. Economy proof is great because we always say we're not recession proof, but we definitely are protected during downturns because we help support consumers and businesses when they need it most. But economy proof, I like that. I might have to steal that from you. <laughs> uh, trademark pending or whatever. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, We'll get that copyrighted. Um, anyway, um, switching over to political, as I as I promised I would. So this is an interesting one to talk to you about because advertisers on TV, radio, outdoor, digital, like everywhere except Valpac, um, are concerned that you know they everything coming up about three different things. I would say coming up about the election. So first of all, political crowd out is going to bump their ads and mess up their creative schedules. Second, the high rates because of the high demand in certain markets are going to just mess with the pricing of everything. And lastly, political content in ads next to their ads, um, it it could infer affiliation. Uh, So I think that a lot of advertisers out there would probably prefer to stay away from a lot of this um, election noise in 2024, if possible. So Tell me, uh, Valpac does not accept any political advertising at all. I know that. So can you talk a little bit more about when you guys made this decision, why you made this decision, and just talk about it being a safe space um, for advertising in 2024? Yeah, so great question. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go as far to say as we don't accept political advertising at all. As a a company, 
Um, we do work with political ads and ballot issues, but typically outside of our ballpack blue envelope, more in our gotcha. targeted one-to-one direct mail. Gotcha. Thank you but, for that clarification. Yeah, yeah no problem. And, and for the blue envelope, we typically steer away from it just because, you know, let's face it, politics has become polarized. And, you know, we have a responsibility to our advertising partners to ensure the best environment to interact with consumers to drive success. And in a shared mail environment, political ads could cause unneeded consternation just because an ad can end up next to a business that they may have different political views or affiliations. So for us, we just don't want to create that environment. So there are some causes or ballot issues that maybe aren't as polarizing that we would consider. But when it comes to politics in general, we typically have steered away from it. We do realize it might impact short-term revenue gain for us, but we feel like we have a responsibility to our partners to create long-term value in the best environment for our consumers and advertisers. So it's a decision we feel very comfortable making. That makes sense. Um, Okay, so we've talked about a lot of different topics here, and I want to try and pull some themes together. So as I'm taking notes on our conversation, three major things I'm hearing from you are attribution. We talked about um, everything that you're doing in terms of data uh, and the attribution and the ways in which you can be complementary to other media. We talked about decluttering, and we talked a lot about savings. Um, These are all ways in which Valpac is working to help address client concerns. But I know that you're the head of revenue and I know you've always got things bubbling and that you're working on. So can you tell me a little what are you most excited about personally in 2024? What are you working on? And, and Jay, yeah, give us give us a little uh, tease as to as to what what your what gets you out of bed every morning in 2024. Great question. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, we um, recently were acquired by Amato Martin which is really exciting for us. Um, They own Clipper Magazine as well. So one of the things that gets me really excited is when you put Clipper Magazine and Valpac together, we really are leading from the front in terms of shared mail. And that puts us in over 61 million homes. Mm. So when you think about the scale of that, we're actually larger than traditional cable is right now. We just met with a partner in Los Angeles this week that said, yeah, with that reach, you're actually one of the biggest channels of reach that's out there, with the exception of maybe the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and that's really important because what that does is it gives us the ability to take all of the data, all of the reach, and continue to build out circumstances where our advertising partners can get the most effective use of their advertising dollars now in a magazine format, in a shared mail format. And then as we think about what could potentially be the desire to connect the mailbox to the mobile phone and create a digital extension of everything that we do um, really excites me every day because you always wanna be where consumers want to be. The mailbox is extremely relevant. The phone has become a staple of everyone's life. So when you can connect the two together, you create really an unstoppable force to help connect advertisers and consumers. Another thing that we're really excited about is Valpac made a huge investment last year to bring all of our postcard business in home, in house. Mm-hmm. So what that's going to do is help us reduce deadlines to let our customers act more quickly. 
We're trying to use that to reduce costs as well, so we can mm-hmm. bring more effective costs to the marketplace. So that's a whole new area of business for Valpac to use our data, not only to target in our blue envelope, but to target outside of that as well. And then finally, our promotions really excites me. Um, Chris Ballad, I mentioned him before, does a really great job of working with everyone from Legoland to Warner Brothers to Discovery Plus to HGTV. And what we try and do all the time is work out the best way to feature them on our envelope, create a very bespoke type engagement, whether it's a cash giveaway, a free ticket to a theme park, um, putting gift cards in the envelope so that people Mm -hmm. could take them and go shop. So how do we create even more fantastic engagements using Valpac and now Clipper as well? to use that scale to drive really exciting promotions that keep consumers coming back, advertisers getting great response, and making sure that we're truly connecting to our brand promise, which is driving neighborhood and local values and making sure consumers are consistently saving money. So a lot of really exciting things on the horizon as we continue to build out our data stack, our promotions, and the integration of Clipper and Valpac into really the world's largest shared mailer. Amazing. And I cannot wait to have you and Chris on again in a couple of months just to talk about the insights from all of these um, amazing amazing endeavors and and, um, everything that you're working on in 2024. Um, But before I let you go this time, um, I did not forget, and I don't think our listeners did either, you teased a little bit about um, a survey, a consumer survey that you've recently finished. Um, I believe it was a survey of local business owners um, and that you've got some interesting insights uh, talking about what what they're thinking about and what they're planning for 2024. So can you share maybe one insight or something that might have surprised you from this report? And most importantly, can you tell us where to get it? Sure, no problem. So made it super easy. It's valpac.com backslash BIA. And if you go there, you can download the full report, no charge. Um, I really think nothing really surprised me. I think the thing I was most encouraged about was the level of understanding where advertisers are not getting scared. Because in the past, when economic downturns were forecasted, you would typically have advertisers immediately pull back on spend and say, this is where I'm going to save first. I think going through a couple of different economic challenges from the housing crisis to COVID to this, uh, unfortunately, the frequency, but I think the conditioning of this is an opportunity where if I could increase my spend during this period of time and my competitor pulls back, I have the chance to connect and provide meaningful value for consumers when they need it most. So this is a share shift opportunity for me, not a time for me to be pulling back. And it's really the first time in our survey that I've seen the statistics proving out that trend, that advertisers are understanding strategically the value of continuing to spend, even if the economy is looking a little shaky. And I think it's going to be really good for the ones that do in the long term, uh, because it really is providing value for the consumers when they need it most. So interesting. And thank you so much for making that as easy as possible. Valpac.com slash BIA. Even I can handle that. And Jay, 
Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your thoughts and insights. This has been very educational and eye-opening for me. I'm, I'm just blown away by the trustworthiness of Valpac for both advertisers and consumers. And as I mentioned, I look forward to following your progress this year and into the future. And I do sincerely hope that you'll come back and speak with us again very soon about all these exciting tools being built and the synergies between direct mail and all the other media. And for everyone out there listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us as well. Don't forget to head over to valpac.com slash BIA to get your copy of the 2024 Consumer Survey ebook. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at BIA.com. We look forward to bringing you more insightful conversations on local media throughout the year ahead. And until then, have a fantastic day.